Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row. Six rebounds and eight assists. Oh. Hollins climbs the stairs. Down the floor. Ryan oh. He is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down. And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another episode of Buecher and Holland, subsidiary of Buecher and Friends, part of the United WeCast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buecher. He's Ryan Hollins, NBA center. You can see him on ESPN, TNT, Yahoo. You can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins, and you can find him on Instagram at Ryan Hollins. Uh, Ryan, I feel as if we haven't done this in a while for some reason. Just feels like I don't know. Does it feel like listen, th- that to you? Is it? Listen, bro. When you you start to <laughs> when you go a year straight and don't miss a day of the pod, yeah, start to be yeah. become intertwined at the hip, Rick. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's. <laughs> There is some of that for sure. So, but anyway, I'm glad to get back to it. And there's just the NBA just never stops giving. It's uh, endless. But we are we are recording this on the eve of the NBA Finals with the Raptors and the Warriors. And I, and I will throw something out to you just because this is something we talked about on FS1 that just tickles me, and I'm dying to know how it hits you. We talked about the fact that. Doc Rivers said that Kawhi Leonard is the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jordan. And I just looked at it. That's straight up recruiting slash tampering. There's, 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 it's not anything more than that. It's not like some revelation. I don't even think it's true. But I wondered when you heard that, you saw that, what was your reaction? To a degree, I, I agree. And you what? Talk about the cur- it, to it to it. You agree with me? No. You well, agree with Doc? Yes. With, yes. With, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. 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 Am I taking <laughs> silly pills? Like what? So, all right. So look, bro. There is a level where you look at Kawhi Leonard and you break down the way he plays, the way he moves, and he is the closest thing. Now, by career, no. By obsession, no. 
by championships. No, that is that is like and Max said this today. That is all Kobe Bryant. Like we're not even gonna like. There are moments where Kobe would has watched so many Jordan interviews. He would try to talk like him. Yeah. But Kobe was more of a guard. Kobe had a crossover. Kobe had wiggle. People don't know this about Michael. Go watch Michael's films. He didn't have wiggle. He moved more like Kawhi, and they're both just naturally face-up, post-up players. Jab go, jab shot, you know, jab fade away, big hands. Kobe didn't have the big hands, you know, stronger, essentially stronger than everybody that they played against. So the physical tools, the more I watch Kawhi, I see the the semblance there, and they're not really a natural guard either. My, Michael's not a natural guard. He like in his guard in the sense like, like Kobe could run pick. Like Michael, one he could run pick and roll, but it wasn't a specialty. I feel as if you're thinking or talking about Wizards late second three peat Michael Jordan, not no, original well, Jordan, okay. not first three peat Jordan, who was going and attacking guys off the dribble. I, I'm not, to, no, no, no. I'm not saying Michael did not attack off the dribble. Let me correct that. But it was, I got somewhere to go. I'm pulling up or I'm getting around you. Kobe would give you that long, wide crossover. Yes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he had, he had, he, he had the Philly Iverson wide. Yeah, yes, I get that. Yes, and, yes. And he was... And I just say from a, a simplicity mm-hmm. standpoint, Rick, if that makes sense, I do see that from Kawhi. I see a lot of that. And it's I'm I'm more like his natural. If you put Jordan in a natural spot on the floor, I believe that it would be in the mid post. Yeah, he kind of played a three there at the end. Offensively, I, I think he was always. I think he played the two, but he always was naturally a three, Rick. And Kawhi is actually more natural. He's naturally a four. Okay, that's we wouldn't question that. But I see fi- well, physically four in today's when game. you watch him. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he starts at the three, ideally. Ideally. Okay, but Kobe literally took moves and the footwork that Michael used. I mean, I just saw a clip on that was freaky that was out on social media on Twitter, which it intertwined Michael Jordan making moves and Kobe making moves, and they and they synthesized them so that you see the uniform go back and forth, and there's no there's no hitch. And I'm not saying in, as far as dominating uh, or being a two way player or even efficiency, which I think is what you're talking about, just being simple, direct, getting where you need to go, and 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 rising up and 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 scoring or defensively, just locking in and almost. Making a guy give it up just because he's like, I, I can't. No, I know I'm not going to be able to do anything. I'm <laughs> just to swing the ball. I get that part, but when I think of when we say he's he's the he's the closest thing to Michael Jordan that we've seen, I think resemblance in everything that they do. And for me, Kobe was as close a carbon copy of never mind Michael Jordan of any one player of another that I can remember seeing in all my time watching basketball. Yeah, well, I I just, I would say the only thing Kobe's missing, if we want to nitpick, he doesn't have the big hands. He wasn't always just stronger at his position the way that Kawhi's stronger 
Kobe wasn't that simple. Kobe would give you like like yeah. fifteen shot fakes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure, saying? for sure. Yeah, and, no. but Michael and and Kawhi are stronger, yeah. and defensively, you know, honestly though, Rick, bro, I kind of got to low key take my hat off to Kawhi even more. And I know we, we'll, you probably want to dive into this, mm-hmm. but like in this era, like dude is a two way player. Like dude cards the other team's best player, and. We saw that a little bit about LeBron was forced to do with the Heat. But LeBron, that Heat team couldn't score as well as the teams that LeBron grew to be able to score on with Cleveland. Right. But defensively, they were good. So LeBron's efforts were forced uh, from Pat Riley to say, hey, you got to defend. And Spolstra, I don't right. want to you know, dump on Spolstra. Sorry. But like Kawhi naturally, like, will guard the other team's best player. Like, I, yeah, he wants he I wants it. A, he wants it. I don't, dude. I I mean, I think Durant. I'm, I, I can't even mention Steph. I mean, all I can think is Clay Thompson. But Clay Thompson don't have the, the. You're not just putting the ball in Clay's hands and saying, "Yo, you go 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 get me one, Clay." Right. Like I don't think I've seen anything like this on this type of run. You know, LeBron obviously he knew like, dude. I he's never been a like a defense first guy. Like right. I, I just think it's ingrained in him, and it won't walk away. I mean, Durant can do it. But Katie's not a defensive playmaker, Rick. No, that's his, that's right? not his mindset. He, he and he has done it. I think people don't do him a disservice. I, I've really been impressed Agreed. with the way he's accepted the challenge at various times. At times this year, with Draymond falling off, with Clay falling off, I felt as if, and it sounds crazy to say, I felt like KD was their best defender, or at least he could be at times when he put yeah. his mind to it. I saw him getting into getting down into a defensive stance and like. Okay, let's go. I got this. It's and I weird, hadn't like, seen that that often previously. I feel like KD's more of like he almost plays more of the five, like weak side shot blocker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Rather than right. He's very good off the ball. In fact, I think he's better off the ball than Kawhi is. I think better. I think Kawhi's great on the ball. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how how good yeah. he is in a help situation. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 You're right. You're right. I I agree with that. I believe he could do it, but. Like, Katie's efficiency is almost like, it's like a center. Yeah. So, here's the big question, because I think a lot of people, or at least some people, have raised the point that, well, the last time Kawhi saw the Warriors in the playoffs, he was giving it to them until he landed on Zaza's foot. Do you give any, how, how much of what Kawhi did to the Milwaukee Bucks do you think he can do against the Golden State Warriors this time around? So it's interesting. I, I had to go back and watch that film mm. because it had it had been so long ago, but he was so effective, you couldn't rule it out. Mm. And Kawhi moved so much better back then. Yeah, I mean, he's legitimately injured, man. And I think even since San Antonio, where he would take off and he would glide with one hand, like he would, dude. dude he would soar through the air. Yeah, one handed. And obviously his game has matured because he's got more off the balance. He can create a shot more. And before he was just, I'm gonna put my shoulder by you and I'm and I'm getting to the to the cup. Where now he's going and creating a shot, but he's not as explosive. The problem right now with Kawhi, if, if I got a nitpick, bro, like right, I got a nitpick. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't play, he plays around with the basketball a lot, but he's very efficient. And what's tough is that when you don't just get downhill. If you watch LeBron, LeBron gets downhill. You don't just get downhill. 
you can't set up your teammates right because now here's the deal and this is me being a weak side shot blocker for my career you can get your shot off over anybody when you go to the fadeaway when you get downhill i'm going to pick your poison situation as a shot blocker i got to go help which opens up your teammates mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. in Kawhi, mm-hmm. i don't know if it's the injury i don't know if he's lost a step or he's just like i'm going to i'm going to get mine rather than getting it for us see i don't remember seeing that with san antonio either to me this is the great flaw or the flaw in Kawhi's game which is he will give it up but he doesn't give it up after creating an advantage for anybody he gives it up when he can't get where he wants to go or do what he wants to do then he'll swing it and it's like somebody else's turn as opposed to I'm going to try to get mine, and if I can't get mine, it's because I've drawn enough attention that, oh, now we I, now I have this, or I have this other option that, that I can swing it to, and he's created a shot. I, I, don't know, I don't see him, I see him very rarely doing something that creates a shot for somebody else with purpose. I, wish, I could have used you on first take today. <laughs> I could have used you on first take. <laughs> Max Kellen was, was screaming about uh, how improved he was as a passer. I said, mm. bro, mm. there were moments where Milwaukee put three guys on the basketball, and then he had to, yeah. he had to pass. And every yeah. time Kawhi does pass, it's a second too late. But yep. he's so yep. he's so dominant, and they're, they were so good defensively. There are moments where they're like, cool. Like, even, like listen, they're able to double-team Kawhi, right? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it works out. You know you literally can't double-team LeBron? You could not. Right. You still cannot. Right. Because he he's gonna on target pass, yep. eat you apart all day long and get get you know get teammates over. But I'm like I'm like dude, Kawhi, Kawhi passes because he's like oh snap, there's three guys. Right. <laughs> right. No, LeBron actually would rather do that. He'd rather yes. draw the second guy and make the great great pass, than yes. than try to beat the double team. It, it's that's I, not um, his nature. I want to see what you think about this, Rick. I feel like there's a, uh, a, a there's steps in a guy's game, mm. and and we're talking about the greats right now, where first they get to the league and they're figuring things out, and they can they can get twenty or thirty points out of transition, out of getting to the foul line, whatever it may be, right. and then they get to a point offensively where they can't be stopped, right? Mm-hmm. And they know they know they can go get their forty or fifty, but the team might lose, mm-hmm. and then they get to a point where hey. I'm going to go score my points, but let me not just score. Let me get other guys involved. Right. And now you can't guard me. So we saw it with Kobe once Pal Gasol got there. Mm -hmm. We saw it with Michael Jordan in the triangle once Phil Jackson got there. I think we saw it with LeBron, oddly enough, on the offensive end. That had to come second with his shooting, where first his passing was there, but the the shooting came second. Yeah. But... And he made that shift Kawhi, in Miami. Yes, absolutely, bro. You're spot on. Where do you kind of see Kawhi Leonard in that process? Because I, I, I feel like he just got to the like I'm unguardable, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, he's he's not to the he's not to the point where he can synthesize all that. He's not he's not to the point where he can balance the two. And my great question with him is. 
does he see the floor that way? Because I think you the, the the point you made, whenever he's moving the ball, whenever he decides to get off the ball, it's a second too late. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't recognize or because he's so used to, I can get where I want. No, let me try again. I can get to where I want. And, and it just kind of disrupts the rhythm of everybody else. You can see the first time he goes, he doesn't get it. And then he tries a second time and suddenly everybody stops moving because they're like, okay, I don't know where to go now. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and so I don't know if he has that. I don't know if he can be that kind of guy. I don't know because I've never seen him. What, okay, what about, uh, what about KD? I feel like KD's another guy that's there or he's kind of been there offensively because he could be very well put in this situation next year. Yes, but the difference with KD is KD can always get his look. He can always get his shot. And so okay. I, I think it's easy. I think I think he has the I think KD fully has the capability of doing that. More so I like I don't know if Kawhi does. He might. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I don't know. But I, but hear this. Okay, hear this. So I've been very critical of KD. And this year? In the sense that some of it is not his fault. This is just like Hey, like if I'm gonna put you on this big stage, yeah. So Katie Job as a scorer, he's one of the greatest we've ever seen. One yes. of the most gifted. Like, I mean, you could argue with scoring senses. I mean, in the sense, like, hey, like I'll take your attributes over Michael Jordan. Like, bro, you're seven feet with a three ball. <laughs> like, like there are instances where you could. And when Steph's off the floor, and he's had to do more ball handling mm-hmm. and thinking and creating. Mm-hmm. It's torn the team apart. And there was a point during the season where Durant didn't shoot and he went out and got 10 assists. Right. And I, I feel like it was him kind of knowing and addressing what he needed to change. But here's the here's the distinction, because I remember that. His joy <laughs> his joy comes from seeing the ball go through the basket when he shoots it. Like he had 10 dimes. There was no joy in it. There was there was there was no he the satisfaction he can throw a great pass he can set up somebody for a bucket and they score and he like backpedals and is like okay we did that when he scores you can see like his body light up no matter how he scores yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. just that's just the way he's wired so that's the question that I have is can he ever get to the place where he enjoys and appreciates seeing someone else put it in off of his work as much as he does his own because he can always get his so that 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 spark of joy <laughs> is always sitting there waiting for him he knows it's there uh, the potential of it is there so to me it's not it shouldn't be i have to resist that in order to get somebody it shouldn't be you know grudgingly oh, okay well well i mean now we don't need to ask where kobe's joy was <laughs> like and kobe kind of figured it out and i don't want to say it was a different era. I just feel like, you know, Durant's very likely looks like he's leaning that he's going to go out on his own. Yeah. And well, if I'm yeah. going to, and then, and that's why I don't place him in the LeBron talks. I don't really even in, in certain aspects place him in the Steph talks of importance right now, because when he goes out, I remember that series against the Spurs. He struggled in pick and roll. He really, he really struggled. Hmm. And I imagine, I imagine his best potential 
if KD's playing point guard and he's facilitating, he's playing that LeBron role, that's a dude. That's unguardable. But that's he's got to play. He facilitates he has, with it. But I think that I, I, if if you put KD in that role, he has to play it the same way LeBron did in Miami, which is playing below the free throw line, let him play from the mid post and set things up. Because I don't like any more than I like Giannis. I don't like seven footers handling the ball up top, facing up and and getting things done. There are certain situations where it works, but a steady dose of that against a good guard, it's just physics. If you're seven feet, you're going to naturally have a high dribble. You're going to expose that ball at various times. Yeah, yeah. And but I mean, but is there something he can do to fix that? No. Because also a thing about being okay. No. H- how about this? Okay. Oh, hold on. Magic was six nine, bro. So yeah, but I mean, but but how? But again, the way Magic played, like in transition, yes. When you were in the half court, Magic wasn't trying to break you down off his dribble. He was three quartering you a lot of time and using that big that that big body, and then he could throw it from anywhere. I mean, he could throw it past his ear. And, and find you on a cut. But he wasn't necessarily... Like, KD's first thing when he dribbles is not to set you yeah. up and throw a pass. He's looking well, to break bro, you can't? down. And if a second okay, guy comes, can't? now I'm going to dish it. Check this, though, then. Why can't he learn that? And, like, if you want to compare him to, to Kawhi and Giannis, yeah. he's a much better dribbler, and he's been dribbling yes. a lot longer than they have. Yeah. Actually, you know, I, he, I mean, he could... He could. He could three-quarter it, but he doesn't – he also – he doesn't have – like the Magic had that where he could keep you on his hip. KD's just – because he's like a pipe cleaner. Like he can't keep anybody off and survey at the same time on the three-quarter. Mm. I like him – I like him catching it with a live dribble and in the mid-post where he can go one dribble, two dribble, and get his own – or one dribble, see how the offense, uh, the defense reacts, and now I know where my guys are and I can hit them. Like I don't, I don't want multiple. I don't want to break. I don't want him. I don't want him dishing off, you know, off the drive. To be honest, I mean, there's certain situations where you can do that and he'll and he can throw a lob. But again, I don't want. I don't want a steady dose of that. I think you're going to end up with a lot of turnovers. I just believe that that's going to have to be the next step. Yeah. And probably for both of them, right? Kawhi and KD. Yeah. Whatever they do. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And, and the thing is, I ultimately, if I put the... And, and like, like, you know, like LeBron would start at the one, and I feel like the older he's gotten, he doesn't have the energy to run the lanes like he used to. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just see that KD's a guy who can be secondary point guard, you know, get a big rebound and push, and then, yeah. you know, play make. But yeah. what's also different, like when when Bron comes down, 
at about 35 feet, he's looking at getting to the rim. He's, he knows, I've got you beat. This is a dunk. Right. Where's your pickup point? He's watching the help. He's seeing the floor. Right. KD gets to 35 feet. He's like, bro, left hand, hang dribble, pull up three. Yeah. And if you're back, you're on your heels, you don't step up, I'm raising up over you. And he's like, that's a natural look. They see two different things coming down the floor. Right. Well, and I just, you know, you just made me think, like, what if KD could play the Draymond role? The point forward, the trail where, or you're bringing it up, but he's pulling up and he's looking for cutters. And if there's nothing there, he's just rising mm. up and shooting or he's so finding kind of like, uh, like maybe I didn't push in transition, but I'm at the top of the key. I'm secondary point guard. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than running the wing. Because then you just have to put somebody else at the three or four. Or, you know, he would have to position there, and that wouldn't be bad. I, 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 dang, I really like. I actually really like that because you know, right now, like for Toronto, they're really good when Mark Gasol plays that. Yep. And they swing it to Mark Gasol, and Mark gets it, and Mark is able to, you know, survey, survey the floor. Mm -hmm. um, as long as he's, you know as long as he's, he's the appropriately aggressive. Marcus Saul, when everybody yes. lays back, like yes, if if it's not there, don't just hand it off to Kyle and reset. Like, dude, go, go, yeah, take the three. Like in, what do you what do you think about this? I felt like in game game five, mm. Mark was catching and shooting that thing, yeah, and it was really good for Toronto. They moved and they didn't struggle offensively. I, I felt like in game six. They were in a rut because he didn't look at the basket first. It's why they why they were in a rut in games one and two. Mm, he was right. never looking. He was never looking at the basket. Can you give me credit though, Rick? Or I, I I don't know if you were against me or you were just hearing this or you joined in. But and I'm not saying you weren't on this board, but I was saying like, hey, you got to let him facilitate, and you got to let Kawhi get off the ball because he's the most equipped to get others involved. Yeah. No, he I didn't look better. Yeah, I didn't hear you. See, you didn't say that on the podcast. Yes, I did say it on the podcast. Mm, okay, you've been doing too much. You've been doing too much TV. Bro. I've been doing too much, <laughs> Bruh, I've been doing too much everything. I've been going well, to Warriors practices. The, I've been when doing you break TV. The internet. Yeah, it's um, no. My whole point was simply that in that series, you know, early on, Brooke Lopez was going off, and they were getting nothing from Mark. And they were getting nothing from Abaca, and I said they have to even the score at the center position. They don't necessarily have to win it, but they can't let Brook Lopez be scoring forty and they're combining for like twelve points. That can't happen. Yeah, yeah. And and once he was more aggressive, it changed everything. And the game where Toronto blew them out, it was because both Serge and Mark were winning. And they it never really changed. Once those guys found their stride, Brooke Lopez never found his again. In fact, I was watching tape. Maybe you have the answer to this. I was kind of watching off and on. I was trying to figure out how it was that they changed the equation on Brooke Lopez. Because for the first two games, that dude looked unstoppable. He's just raining threes. And they did a better job of closing out and saying... We're gonna make you. We're gonna make you put the ball on the floor from from three point range. We're gonna. We're just gonna close. We're gonna tighten it up a little bit. We're not gonna give you a free look. 
And then I felt like Brooke lost his confidence too. He stopped. You know, he was taking it from like 20, 26, 27, 28 feet. If he had a look, it didn't matter where he was standing. He was letting it go. Well, Rick, you, he started quite, bro, he started he was, hesitating. Bro, he was starting to fast break with a couple of those misses. That's, that's the dare yeah, of it, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. That'll and, do it. And, and you know what I, I love about Brooke, right? I feel like he just, he got back and showed you that he could get busy on the block. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy to me is that like, you heard people like, where did this come from? Where right. did this come from? Like, okay, Rick, hear this for one i had to guard brooke lopez he was always a knockdown 20 foot mid-range shooter yep so shooting the three that's not a hard thing he's always had touch two the guy was an elite scorer on the block got that got double teamed every night and that next team with him and darren williams while they didn't win anything they were a, a top team in the eastern conference they were really good like why like i hate what where's this where did this where brooke lopez like yo like the dude is good. Yeah. It's not his scoring on the block. It's – I never thought he was that – because I had a couple of, of, of scouts, personnel people. We were just talking about how what does Milwaukee do? What's the counter? And some people, um, at least one, said to me, you know what, they, they got to post up Brooke. Mark's not going to be able to handle him. Cert, certainly can't handle him on the block. They got to play through Brooke on the block. And I said, do you think they'll do it? They go, nah, they are who they are. They're not going to do that. And my question was, okay, so you do that and you double or you just give Brooke different looks. I never thought he was a great passer. I, I, I thought he was an efficient scorer on the block. But I didn't, I didn't think he was one of those guys who drew the attention and then found the cutter with a quick. I think, he, 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 I think he's another guy who kind of sees it slow and throws it slow. He can, he can kick it and rotate it. But he's not necessarily going to catch it on the block, get the double team, survey, and find the right guy for an easy bucket. I just don't remember that being a part of his game. He could pass out of double teams, but he wasn't great. The thing with Brooke is that he didn't apply himself. He was so good offensively. Mm. And they had a dynamic with he and his brother where his brother was the rebounding and shot blocking monster Mm -hmm. to where he kind of just refused to rebound and yes. offensively he was good and it you know it's what's weird is you look at his size and you assume that he's this bruiser and he's all of a finesse guy hmm. and he does like when i when you play against him like robin beats the crap out of you yeah like, golly like this dude's leaning on me brooke doesn't lean on you he's hmm. very nimble he's very coordinated he can move he's got footwork like he did he's a, he's a huge guard interesting Okay, two things I want to get to before we wrap up. One, what's your view of Giannis Antetokounmpo as we go into the postseason, and as we go into the offseason, rather? Well, today I turned on the internet for saying he was overrated, and I mean every bit of it. And I and I say that because every – well, let me ask you. You help me with this. So it's not just my words going falling on deaf ears. Mm. What were the – now, me and you didn't have these predictions. Right. What were the predictions – of Milwaukee, what were what were the projections going out? No, they were supposed to get to the finals, and they were supposed to give the Warriors the hardest time. Thank you, thank you. And he was the centerpiece of that. Yeah, he, he was, was going to be the, he was going to be the, the challenge. Yeah, and, he was going to be the puzzle fact, nobody could solve. Right, 
if there were even some people who were going on limbs and saying they're better, they're going to beat them, right? Right. They gave yes. Golden yes. State these beatdowns yes. in the regular season, right? Yep. Yep. Because of that, I said he's overrated. They thought he would be the same playoff performer that he was in the regular season. Did not happen. He's overrated. So let's not mix the two of me saying he's a bad player. Right. He's a generational player. Mm -hmm. He's a talent. Once he learns how to create his jump shot off the bounce, mm -hmm. like through contact off the bounce, he's going to be really good because then he'll be very extremely efficient to end games. Yep. And there are moments where I saw that he could just flat out jump over Kawhi Leonard as great as Kawhi is, but he didn't have a step back. He didn't have that, you know, shoulder into you fadeaway. That's not in his game. I believe it very well can be. And that's what what's holding him back. And if you compare him to a Kawhi Leonard, a LeBron James, a Durant, a Curry, those guys are efficient in yeah. moments. Now, maybe they haven't had the best track record. Steph Curry can get a shot off down the stretch or make the right play. Make you have to double team him. LeBron can get a shot off or play make. Uh, Kyrie can get a shot off. Uh, Kawhi is showing us he gets a shot off and he can score over people. Right now, Giannis doesn't have that. And not only that, he doesn't even pass that well right. to where you can say he's taking games over. Right. And Rick, to me, the counter, and I want to see what you feel about this, I feel like Giannis, <coughs> right now, he goes downhill. And when that doesn't work, the counter is go downhill even harder. Yeah. And it's not, okay, fadeaway jumper, okay, three ball, okay, you know, step back. Yeah. <laughs> No, he's he's always. I mean, his his game and and Toronto really exposed it. His game is very much. I'm I might go left. I might go big euro step left, but I'm always going to try to come back right. Even off the euro step, I'm going to try to come back right to the middle, or I am going to spin back right and try to finish. And what? the Raptors did was they simply they recognized that once he took the big step left the primary defender wouldn't let him come back come back right that's why at the end he kept running into guys cuz he just tried to force it like initially once they once they got that he would just pick up his dribble and look to do something else um or he would just dribble out and then when they saw him take that step and look to pivot as soon as he started to turn his back then the second defender would come and close that off and he'd have to pick up his dribble and now he was stuck and he was or he was you know up in the air and he and, and he had to kick it out this was the most promising sign that i saw though and why i believe that he has a chance of getting there if he puts in the work to develop the moves is that he wasn't afraid to try he was as you said Trying to go downhill wouldn't work. He tried to go downhill harder. I'm worried about the guy who goes, oh, it's not working. I'm just, I'll be out here if you need me. He kept trying to get it done, and he did it even when it was a matter of probably going to end up at the free throw line. He wasn't hitting free throws, and yet he didn't reject trying to go in there and make the contact and go to the free throw line. All of those, to me, are very promising signs mm. that if he can get the game that he needs, that he's not going to be afraid to try and go and get it. He just didn't have, he didn't have the tools to be able to do what was necessary down on the stretch with, with the way Toronto played him. The thing that I was pissed at the, the most about watching it is it's why I didn't think they should get past Boston. 
because I felt Boston defensively could create, could make him into the, force him into the same decision. So agree. And and they you, just they didn't have the discipline to do it, or the mindset. Because again, give credit hey, to Toronto. Well, let me ask you. This, let me ask you this then, Rick. Yeah. How big of a factor do you feel that Marcus Smart was? Because I feel that Marcus Smart. I underrated his toughness and his oh. greediness, and he's a first-team yeah. All-NBA defender. I yep. felt it should have been Pat Beverly, one of those spots, and no, no shot to Marcus. But I feel like they got punked. Do you do you think that that's like a that was a big indicator? Well, that that, that Marcus Smart was not available was a big part of that. That he was not a hundred percent. To me, he would have he could have helped, but they needed. And I and I'm, I'm I hate to put it on Brad Stevens, but I'm going to put it on Brad Stevens. Oh, because between Marcus Morris, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you had the physical ability to do what Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, and Kawhi Leonard did. Obviously, none of those guys would you'd put in the category of Kawhi, but. They were all long, athletic, and if they had worked together, they could have made, they could have put Giannis in the same position that the Raptors did. And I give the Raptors great credit for this, and it's I find it a little funny that they got rid of Dwayne Casey because Nick Nurse was supposed to be the offensive guru, and they felt that that was missing. <laughs> And they beat Milwaukee because they basically said, you know what, we just need to lock down at the defensive end, <laughs> make this a half-court game, and then we're going to throw the ball to Kawhi, and we're going to go ISO, and and, which, <laughs> and we're just, that's how we're going to win this. No offensive creativity, whatever. We're just going to grind them defensively, and we're going to make it that kind of game. But they recognized that they were losing the up-and-down game. They were losing the skill game. So let's make it ugly, and let's win this series. And that's exactly what they did. Hey, hey, Rick, <laughs> I can hear Dwayne Casey right now. Well, damn it, if you gave me Kawhi, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Hey, and he's hey. right. He's right. He's right. Hey, bro, ain't no play that you draw up for Kawhi going through the legs, through the legs, through the legs, dribbles. <laughs> no, it was no. Ah, no, it was comical. All right, so yeah. so uh, since we're on the on the cusp of of the series, what are you ex- what are you expecting? Are we going to be entertained? Are we are we going to have any drama? Is it going to be compelling? How much of a series do you think that Toronto can make this? I feel like we're going to be entertained. I have uh, Warriors in six. Okay, uh, the fact that the Warriors have to go on the road, I, I'm. <laughs> I manage that they get they get either these two or they get one one game here and mm-hmm. we we've, we've got a party. The one thing that scares me is they've got to be efficient offensively. They've got to pound you in the paint. And if I watch anything, I watch the Clippers in that was it game was it game five? Mm-hmm. I believe I want to say game five. I watch that film and I go, how did you beat the Warriors? What did you do? And They've got to. They've got to run, man. They've got to move. They've got yep. to chase. And there's no time for rest. There is no time for rest. But I, I believe uh, we're going to get something competitive here. I, I just, I kind of like the dog that I saw. I saw some dog 
in the Raptors, Rick. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure how you feel, but I, I, I don't. I don't see sweet. You got some people saying sweet. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't expect that. I, I do think that I, I expect that they're going to drop game one. I feel like Toronto always has to get hit, kind of smacked in the mouth, and then they and then they rear up, and the, and we see the dog in them. Yes. And so I could see them losing game one. I could see them winning game two. We'll see how. I mean, so much of this is I don't expect that KD is going to play in the series. I don't know if DeMarcus is going to play. If DeMarcus plays, it's a bad sign for the Warriors because it means the size and the physicality is forcing Kerr to play that card because I don't think he wants to. I, I, I don't think he trusts where DeMarcus is, and I think he feels good, and he should, the way Kevon Looney is playing uh, and what he's getting from from his bench. But that that will be the question. I just don't know that Toronto is ready for this stage. That's the question that I have. In some ways, I think it's better that the Warriors are starting on the road because they'll be more about their business than if they were starting at Oracle. I've just seen them I've I've seen them come out casually way too many times and live to tell tell the tale and the Clippers made them pay. The Blazers never did. Like they were ha- they were up 13, 14, 15. They're like, well, "Okay, we're good." And they had opportunity to push it to 22, 23 and I'm thinking, "You guys got to push it to 22, 23." 17, 17, a 17 point hole ain't scaring the Warriors. Not against you guys. Uh, and they never did. I feel as if Toronto, if Toronto got it going, they would keep their foot on the on the throttle. I, uh, I just feel it. like defensive this is this is my scare with them. Mm. Defensively, they would put their foot down, right? Yes. And offensively, I don't see it. And yeah. why I said watch that game against the Clippers is the Clippers get up 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. They never got comfortable. Yes. When they were up 10 or 15, you know when Coach is in the huddle and he's going, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Yes. Don't yes. play the sports. Yes. yes. Like, and some guys and some guys pay attention to that and some guys are like, shit, we got a 10-point cushion. Yeah, what are you talking lead. about? We can, we, can get, we, can have two lazy, we can have two lazy get-backs and we're still good. You gotta play them zero zero, bro. And like the Clippers pounded it on. And like, listen, like every rebound, every loose ball, like they mm. did it to them. Yeah. I, I even think of the game that the the uh, the Rockets went and got. Like PJ Tucker was a savage, bro. Yes. PJ yes. Tucker was out there like like Dennis Rodman. Yep. So you've got to have that uh, that in your lineup. It was crazy, like. Mark Gasol may not he uh, he might not he has to play sparingly like he's got to like and if I'm Nick Nurse I'm watching that and you got to treat him like Kevin Love mm-hmm. like okay you're going to be able to switch screens or not because if you play coverage against Golden State they are going to tear your yeah. butt up bro yeah. and when I say coverage that means you have to show out and stop the guard, yep. and then you and run then back, back to your man. Yeah, good luck. And if you do that, Draymond Green is throwing lobs, Curry's getting yep. threes. You are. That's why. That's why I was so mad at Cleveland that last year they went because they never had a chance. They got they got beat so bad in game two because Kevin Love switched out and got the business every time. Mm-hmm. That when they went coverage, it, it was over. Kevin watched that replay of him defending uh, Steph when he had the bad wheel. 
one too many times thinking oh, I got this. Uh. <laughs> clearly, clearly delusional, not knowing that he was playing against a different a different Steph Curry. All right. Uh, that does it for this episode of Buker and Hollins, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. We have hit our quota of rating, so thank you, and we will be doing our drawing. we got to get on John Libby. I've been saying this a couple podcasts now. we got to have the drawing. we got to give away the prize. But if you want to be eligible for this one since we haven't yet or the next one, please still continue to rate us wherever you get your podcasts and screenshot the rating and send it to us at Buker Friends, and you'll be eligible for whatever it is that we're uh, giving away whenever we're giving it away. All right. In the next podcast, we will have Game 1 in the books, and we'll have a lot more to look at as far as that's concerned. And we didn't even touch upon a lot of the free agent stuff with Kyrie and Brooklyn and what the hell the Lakers are going to do. And I want to get your take, Ryan, on... When you're looking at a franchise that has all of the controversy swirling around it that the Lakers do, what's the mind of a free agent? Are you still looking at money? Are you looking at uh, other aspects? We're going to get into that in the next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.